Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast, post-draft podcast, blockbuster, trade emergency podcast, all of the above. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Hello, welcome. We got big things. We got big, big things to talk. We're going to recap the draft, talk winners, talk losers, talk surprises, talk Knicks, all that good stuff. But we got to start with big trade, a trade that I don't think anybody was really seeing coming. It kind of came out of nowhere. Especially on the heels of thinking one of the trade partners was going to do something else. Yes, that is true. Yeah, so the trade, Los Angeles Lakers sending Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, Gertavis Caldwell-Pope, and last night's first-round pick over to Washington for Russell Westbrook and a couple kind of meaningless second-round picks they were all going to forget about. Yeah. So... I want to talk, attack it from both angles. Obviously, the Lakers is where he's going to focus on because they are the team in title contention next year. But let's start Wizardsville. So your GM, Tommy Shepard, you get Russell Westbrook for one year. They make the eighth seed. They lose to the Sixers. Doesn't, it seems like that's pretty much their ceiling going forward. They have some young pieces. I've always said, although Westbrook, not a bad player by any means, but I do think he kind of hampers development of your younger guys. So, from the Wizards' standpoint, do you like the trade? What do you think their mentality was? Just kind of attack it from Washington's angle before we deep dive into the Lakers. I think Washington was coming at it from the angle that Beal's staying, or he wants to stay as of the moment, and they got to get off Westbrook because obviously that ceiling is basically where they they went, which was the end of the first round. And they need to get rid of Westbrook so they could continue to find things and pieces around Beal that could make a team and figure out a way to win. They also wanted to, you know, get off the cap space and get significantly, you know, under the threshold for cap, and they can have a lot of, I don't know how much money they have exactly, but they have a lot available right now, and maybe they think they can take a swing free agency. I don't really see that as a possibility, but, I mean, at this point, you can't just give up on Beal. you got to keep swinging. Yeah, I actually, the more I think about it, I actually like to trade a decent amount. They So just, just kind of tracking it back to last year and how this essentially started with John Wall. So you have John Wall, and it's a disaster. He had the worst contract in the league, and you got to figure out how to get him out because it doesn't seem like that was a, a marriage that was happy, seemed like Wall wanted out, whatever. So they get rid of him, bring in Westbrook, have to give a pick to do so, try for a year, and they realize what we all already knew and that the ceiling was the ceiling. And they bring in guys that I think are going to help him. Uh, I'm not a huge Montrezl Harrell fan overall, but I do think that he does kind of help your floor a little bit as a as a bench scorer. I think Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, one of the better role, role player shooters in the league. And Kuzma, I think, has also been, honestly, a little bit underrated. He gets a lot of, he gets a lot of uh, flack. He's very memeable because of kind of the market he's been in, and they expect him to be, you know, their version of Jason Tatum. And that's just not what he is. I the, the shooting comes and goes. It's a little inconsistent. But overall, I think he's still a solid role player with some youth, with some room to grow, on a pretty solid contract. I think they brought in guys that are going to make the game a little easier for Beal. They get KCP, who's a really nice spacer, who can play the three, who can play the two. And they get another pick. I think it's a move that will also help some of those young guys, Rui, Denny, uh, Thomas Bryant. Hopefully he's back, you know just kind of make the game flow a little better. So I like the trade overall. Like, yeah, clearly it seems like Beal wants to stay and they're just doing all they can to put a serviceable team around him. It's going to be hard to do, but I think this was a step in the right direction. 
Yeah, I think it also helps the guys coming in as well as the young guys with Beal because just the way he plays as opposed to the way Anthony Davis and LeBron play, that is a consummate player compared to Beal is so much more ball handling and ball dominance where you're kind of forced, like we saw with Kuzma, you're forced into roles where he's just a spot-up guy. He might never touch the ball. He's just mm-hmm. in the corner. Yeah. And that's not how Kuzma operates. He kind of needs the ball in his hands. He needs to get a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Trez. KCP can kind of go <clears throat> just straight-up shooter, you know, stick him in the corner. But, yeah, it seems like they'll probably – have a good opportunity to show what they can actually do in terms of actual NBA player competency as opposed to just being on the Lakers and being one of their pawns. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, listen, Kuzma might be a little disappointed. He's out of the, the spotlight, but I think this is good for his career. He's uh, in the district. He's in the district. He's in the district. He'll rock those unis. Same, and... same price apartments. Yes, yeah. It's up and coming. It's up yeah. and coming, for sure. So uh, I like to move for Washington. Like, listen, the, the team I still think is in a rough spot because – the young core, you know, they, like Beal doesn't have a running mate still, and they're very far away from contention, and the clock still is ticking with Beal. But in the short term, I think this is a good move just for the overall vibe of the team. I think this team will look a lot smoother on the court than it did last year. Yeah, and they keep themselves flexible. Teams kind of died out on Kuzma, but he's still someone you want. Mm-hmm. So if they want, if it's not working, they can flip him at any point next season or, you know, the seasons after because he's on another three years of contract. So. Yeah, very tradable, very yeah. tradable. So, so it's uh, a smart move, mm-hmm. especially with the hand you're dealt. Let's flip it over to the Lakers. Uh, so just, oof, okay. You so, want to start? Sure, I'll start. Well, listen, I think the the idea with the Lakers was because we've known the blueprint with the LeBron James team is usually surrounded with shooting, right? We've been saying that. Uh, pretty much since I, I would say like the Heat really discovered that kind of at the tail end of the big three era where they just you know like Shane Battier, Mike Miller, you know Mara Chalmers at a point whatever like throw them with role players and shooting, yeah. But I think that essentially what Rob Polinka said was, listen, our shooting really isn't that good right now anyway. Uh, I mean, out of the three players they gave up, only one of them is a legit shooter that. I think makes a lot of sense for this team. Although I did say Kyle Kuzma's undervalued, it was clear he wasn't a great fit with the Lakers. I just kind of think his league value overall was underrated. He wasn't good in his role. Yeah. KCP, I thought, was very good in his role, and that's a loss. But Trez didn't work, never thought it was going to work, didn't work. And Kuzma, we just touched on. And then they gave a prick. So I don't think they gave up a ton. But listen, the fit's weird. The fit's weird. And as I was saying, I think Palinka kind of just thinking, listen, our shooting wasn't that good anyway. Let's just make a talent play and just worry about the fringes later. Worry, you know, Try to get some vet, vet minimum shooters. Try to get, I don't know, maybe like a guy like Reggie Bullock's on the board. Bryn Forbes is a, is a free agent. Maybe he comes from him. Just try to fill the gaps with that. And, you know, hope, hopefully we have LeBron James, one of the greatest basketball minds of all time. And he figures it out. I don't know if it's going to work because uh, Russ is going to have to do some stuff that I don't think he's really done in his career. Like He's going to have to be a better defensive player than he's been these last few years. Um, he's he's going to just, unless the three-point shooting comes around, he's going to have to just abandon it, which is a question itself. Like, Can you even survive with that? Can you survive with LeBron, AD, and Russ where, I mean, AD is a subpar Stretch three-point shooter. Four like, or five at that yeah, point. Even though you don't. Even though he's not a bad shooter, like, you don't want him living out there. Yeah. And LeBron, although also a good three-point shooter overall, like, he's not a spot-up. Um, so, yeah, the spacing is just weird. But free agency just started, so I can't fully judge until we see how they fill this roster out. But 
I mean, at first glance, like, it doesn't take a genius to tell that the fit is weird. I mean, Westbrook and LeBron, at any points in their career, peaks, presence, rookie year, like, they never... <laughs> those two stars it never probably- really made sense. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. Um, I don't love it, but I can't really fully judge it until we see what they do with the rest of this roster. Yeah, and it is interesting as you were talking about that. Can you remember the last time Russell Westbrook was going on to a new team where people were, were talking about the, how the fit is going to be bad and they just had to go for talent? That's basically Houston. Been... Houston. Um... No, yeah, like, i sorry, maybe I phrased it wrong, but the time where that hasn't been the case. Oh, yeah, basically yeah. Basically, every time it's yeah, yeah, yeah. when he goes to Houston, when yeah. he goes to Washington, it's all, even mm-hmm. when there's just James Harden and Russell Westbrook, yeah. there's not even that much talent. Yeah. It's always a question of fit. I think the Washington, I, you're right. I do agree that like his fit is just weird overall. Yeah. I think Washington was a little different just because like they had John Wall. So they're just like, screw it. Let's just replace him. Yeah, and that's fair. Nobody really cared because John Wall, they're, yeah, you're essentially getting yeah, theoretically John Wall. Yeah, there was nothing even to make of him. Um, but yeah, Houston, I think that was very much the vibe. And yeah. it was just like, this is a talent play. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it could be interesting. Westbrook could. You, you, we've seen him do stuff where he kind of locks in, and the the tail end of this season, the tail end of last season when they ran the crazy small ball five in Houston, he figured it out and he realized what he had to do. I don't think he took more than two threes a game in like yeah. maybe the last quarter of the season. And if that's what he's asked to do, I don't know if he could do it for an entire season. I don't know what he's what his mentality is, but if he thinks he could legitimately win a championship, this is probably his best shot. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you make a, a interesting point. Like, there, he has, obviously, it's not like he's been horrible the last three seasons all the time. I mean, he's he's had spurts. But in that same breath, he really hasn't had a playoff run end with us saying, like, oh, like, that was a good Westbrook series. Like, you know, his teammates let him down. I mean, even in that year with Houston where – and there was some – Outside factors, he, he was dealing with yeah. the, he was dealing with the quad injury. He had COVID. Like there was shit going on for sure. But at the end of that series, even though they did win that game one against the Lakers in the bubble, they lost four straight. And then by the end, Westbrook's out there saying, "I feel like I'm just running around out there, not really knowing what my role is." And are we in a similar situation with the Lakers, where yeah, maybe there's going to be games throughout the regular season where it's like, yeah, like there's Russ, you know, like 25 and 18, you know, like doing Russ stuff, and then in the playoffs when the game kind of changes and the scouting gets a little more intensive and they're playing a really good team, how does that work? You know, like, is it going to end well? I don't know. <laughs> my thought my thought process as we're going on in terms of regular season to postseason, it's kind of forming into maybe not exactly what the Nets did, where theoretically when they got their, when they got, had their normal squad, it would be Kyrie and KD, and then Harden would have his boys on the second unit. And mm-hmm. that would have the flow. That's how the flow would go until the fourth when they all came in. But maybe that's how the what, the Lakers' trial and error turns out. Like, the regular season's probably a lot of Westbrook. Like, you'll see less of LeBron. AD will probably have an MVP-type season because Westbrook will be running pick and rolls with him nonsensically. And, yeah, LeBron might take more load management. He might take more time off. But when we get to the playoffs, it's probably going to be LeBron, AD, and then Westbrook with whoever they have, just send them out there. Yeah. And they're going to be surviving minutes. Yeah, they will survive minutes, and that's probably the plan. But at the same time, like, we know, like, the political aspect of this, too. And with five minutes left in the playoff game, all three of those guys are playing. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is playing, or else it's going to be a problem. Uh, I, I love a lot of stuff about Russ, but I don't think he's really one to put his ego aside. 
and he's going to want to be out there. So, like, how does that work? Because you're going to have minutes. And, yeah, Brooklyn, like, those are three guys who have the ball a ton throughout their careers. But those are also three guys who are elite shooters. And that kind of solves a lot of problems when you have stars. Uh, the Lakers have three guys. I mean, LeBron is, like, an elite shooter in a weird way. But uh, AD, not an elite shooter. We kind of know what he likes to do. Russ, a very bad shooter. So... Just how does that work in the last five minutes of playoff game? Because that's kind of what you think about when you build a team like the Lakers because their aspirations are a championship. So Yeah, you're right. The five minutes are going to be questionable. I, I really can't tell you what's gonna sh- how it's going to shake out. The only thing I can really see is not not that the, the Nets have that or at that level. The Lakers are at that level at the Nets. But <clears throat> the, the way they're going to run their lineups, they're going to manage their load or yeah. lineups, is probably going to be similar. Feels like more of a LeBron load management type regular season for me. Mm. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, agreed. But, especially after the way this season ended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Westbrook's going to get his in the regular yeah. season. Playoffs, it makes sense. That it's not like he's going to come off the bench. He's probably going to start the first usual starter minutes and then end the last five minutes with everybody else. But I could see him a lot more with whatever shooters they get, whatever backup units they have probably a bouncing big man they're going to get so he can just run his pick and rolls that's yeah. his bread and butter yeah yeah um yeah this is going to be i mean people are some people are going to probably look at this and say um kind of going back to lebron load management point and they're going to look at this past postseason and say oh like the lakers look what happens when you don't you know perform fully in the regular season you get the seven seed and you got to play the Suns. like that's not how they're going to look at it they're going to i think they're going to double down and say um we can hang i mean out. yeah the lebron injury was kind of a freak but like especially with ad you know where he's hobbled and i mean he missed a lot of regular season time so it's not like that happened because he was overworking the regular season but at the end of the day health 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 is just so crucial for these contending teams come playoff time yeah so russ will help you kind of manage those tides overall take on the trade Overall take. Actually, before we get to that, we do want to point out how durable Russ is. Yeah. He does play an insane amount of games, and, you know, he plays the same way. Well, yeah. I mean, I respect that about Russ, and he plays night in, night out, and he plays 100%. Uh, overall take in the trade, I like what Washington did. You know, I, I'd give him, like, a B plus. Like, the only reason I wouldn't give him an A is because I still feel like part of it is just kind of, like, undoing their past mistakes of, like, the wall yeah. trade and all that, and, like, the wall signing. So, when a team is... I can only I can't give a team an A when they're making the move based on undoing past mistakes because I don't know it kind of goes counter counterintuitive. But and for the Lakers, like I almost want to give them just like an N A because or like an incomplete. I have to see how the rest of this team forms. Like I could see myself kind of at the end of the off season thinking like I'm like you know let's, let's try it let's yeah. try it out because again I don't think they lost a lot of pieces that are going to help them this upcoming season. So if they do manage to replace... I mean, KCP is the big one because he was their best shooter. I thought he was their third best player in their title run. Can they replace that kind of shooting, that kind of defense? If they can with that minimum guys, then like I think this is a good trade. But if I look at this roster end of the year and they don't get the shooting, the perimeter defense that they need, then I'm probably going to look at this as a head crasher and say, honestly, I'd probably just rather run it back with KCP and maybe Kuzma figure something out a little bit, whatever, because... Can I get your short list? Three shooters you think are going to be... Uh, well, I listed two of them. Uh, I think Bullock and, and Forbes, like, although they're not world beaters, I think those guys definitely make sense uh, on a one-year deal or something of the sort. McDermott? Um, 
And there's still, and like this was kind of what you were alluding to earlier, there's still, I'm hearing that there's still a possibility of Heald getting involved here. Yeah, yeah. So, THT, that's a sign-and-trade candidate. Caruso, they still have, tradable. So... They got their Caruso replacement already. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes, yes, they yeah, did, yeah. yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely something to monitor. It'll be really interesting to see going forward. Because nothing can come together until August 6th when the new salary cap is yeah. set in, like resets. So the trade can't happen. So that leaves them. They've agreed to it, but at this point, either team, either side could come to them and be like, hey, I got like the Cavs. They want to get in on it, and they, they're going to give you this. And so yeah. it's all kind of fluctuated, fluctuable. If, if ESPN was allowed to, would they put the Lakers on every game? Yeah. Primetime? Brody's going to get such a great narrative this year. It's going to be insane. I don't think there'll be any slander. Yeah, I mean, he's in- back in the spotlight, which would be cool to see. I mean, like, this is really his last stab at it. If this goes poorly, then... Although he's going to be... Listen, he's going to play... He has a... Unless the Lakers... I mean, we're, we're projecting too far in the future, but he's I got... I was going to say something funny. Funny wild, in a sense. If it goes horrible to the absolute negative 10, mm. do they just banish him to the Thunder with and take Kemba? <laughs> Yeah, Kemba's an interesting one because I think the the Thunder are still they they think that they're going to go into the season with him I think and try yeah. to and try boost to boost his value yeah which isn't impossible because they're going to juice him yeah maybe that'd be funny um, <laughs> let's pivot the draft all right pivot pivot the draft uh so twenty twenty one NBA draft um do you want to talk before we get into draft do we want to talk draft coverage because it was hard it was hard it was hard Andrew uh Perkins, schmitz and jay billis and some other guy i mean schmitz and billis like they wanted to do something good but just kind of the narratives that espn just can't help themselves from was was hampering them yeah. uh nichols and jefferson coming on and saying something that would absolutely just have no relevance to anything i don't get what their purpose was they didn't even like pop in for Interviewing yeah. with the draft guy or talking about who the yeah. prospect was, they would just come in and Rich would do like stand up and they, Rich would yeah. like, do giggle. They also like can't figure out like who's on what team. Like nobody knows when the trades are happening. That's why like you don't want to go on Twitter because you're gonna get spoiled, but you kind of have to, or else you're gonna have no idea what's going on. Yeah, like they don't tell you what's happening. They just kind of put proposed trade too. Right. Yeah, and they hide it. Yeah. It's not even like a openly seen thing. It's like a little corner thing. And the players are always wearing the wrong hats because like ugh, it's just a mess. I, it, yeah. It's bad. It's I liked bad. it back in the day where you actually switched the hats. Yeah. Now they're like, oh, we can't do that because it's not going through yet. It's not official. We have yeah, to. Okay. You have to stay. Mm-hmm. Kai Jones, you have to have a Knicks hat. Yeah, it's whack. It's whack. Yeah. So, uh... Also, the hats. Very ugly. Yeah, the hats were ugly. Insane. Can we just, like, go back to the basics? I I just like, like, team color, logo. It looks nice. It's very simple. It's yeah. easy. Yeah. And I think that would be cool to, like... As you kind of go through the years, you look back at, like, when rookies were drafted and, like, what the logo was at that time. It would be cool. You know? Yeah, because the only thing that would change is the logo. Exactly. <laughs> have to say the same would be good. Yeah, like Giannis would have the Giannis would have the old ugly green and red buck. Steph would have like the navy warrior. Yeah, you know, navy warrior yeah. Guy throwing the bolt. Just keep cool. just keep the logo and we'll like s- that. Bring it up to the uh, bring it up to the chief. Uh, you know, the NBA and ESPN they have this partnership of just ruining everything. So that's true. Well, they have Nike in on it, so yeah, no just, the, just, just the capitalistic devils just ruining all things fun, but. Uh, all right, let's well, talk anyway, draft. Yeah. Let's talk draft. Let's talk the stuff that isn't soul sucking. So, the draft. It seemed like one through three, we were kind of on our merry way. We are. We all knew it was gonna go Cade Green, Mobley, and it did. I don't want to kind of 
we've talked about these prospects for a while, so I don't want to, you know, hammer those home. But then at four, it got crazy. At four, I think a lot of four, us... It got... I would say it was hampered crazy. Because people, yeah. people knew it was either Suggs or Barnes, and there was an outside shot for Barnes. Mm. But he was still in the picture. He was. He was. Um... Yeah, to me that was a big. That was like the first surprise, and then the surprises kind of carried on for kinda, much yeah, of the mid first. Uh, so for you, Phil, what was what was the biggest surprise pick? It had to be Josh Primo at twelve. I was I was trying to do my draft research, and I didn't even get to Primo yet. He was so far back in my big board, and when he was drafted, I was like, "Fine, <laughs> you got me." Yeah. Either, and no one said anything on social media. They were all just like, all right, Spurs, they got their guy, I guess. Yeah. Primo I, is interesting. He's an undersized shoot guard. Yeah. Spurs doing some funny stuff. Uh, I, it's it's just weird when teams make that pick because you'd think a trade down would be in the cards. But, hey, maybe they had intel that other teams were interested. I don't know. It must kinda, have been, yeah. It's kind of hard to say in the moment. Uh, yeah. The Spurs were weird The Rockets basically filled out almost their whole starting five. Mm. They got... Let me pull it up. Oh, no. Where'd it go? They ended up with Shangun. They ended up with Shangun. And they, they ended up with Shangun, Garuba, Josh Christopher, Jalen Green. I don't remember who their, their fifth was. Yeah, it's a lot of capital. It is a lot. I don't know why. For some reason, the Rockets are not on this thing, but oh well. well let's just stick. Let's just stick Ooh, to yeah. the three of, for me, that are intriguing: Jalen Green, Sengun, and Josh Christopher. I mean, three interesting prospects. Do you do you like that haul? To I usually don't like getting that many players in one draft, but how do you feel about that for Houston? I think for Houston, it's different because they were running out a very yeah. They also had like seven players times last year. So. Yeah, they had a really tough lineup because so many people left i like kelly Olenek fitting in as a backup big i guess i i don't know which one of the two will actually start with christian wood in terms of garuba or singoon but i mean it's not bad options realistically mm. you had a lot of ammo and you're not in a position where you're going to trade it for a decent mid-level guy you mm. might as well just take as many swings as you can yeah yeah especially them the thunder they're pretty much the only teams that just take crazy, should take swings like that. Everybody else should try to find something, some stability. Yeah, I want to talk about the Thunder for a second as well. Because for me yes. personally, uh, when the draft was just shaken out the way it was, it felt like Oklahoma City at six, they were tailor-made for either a Kaminga or a Booknight play based on, I, mean, I think both guys have big-time potential. I was not expecting Josh Giddy there. Uh, I even yeah, a kind of had Giddy on the monitor for a while, but I didn't, I, I did not, the way we ended up on him, I did not view him as a top six talent. I, I viewed him as, you know, probably like a 10 to 15, 10 to 12 type talent. Why do you think OKC did that? Do you agree? I don't know if I agree. I think the same thing with Primo, I guess, where OKC was probably hearing murmurs that maybe the Kings were interested at nine and that wouldn't survive their, Giddy wouldn't survive to their pick at 16. Their next pick at sixteen. I think they traded the pick at sixteen. We that, that was saying, the Rockets. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. But um, yeah, they just were like, I guess this is our guy. They want to run some kind of very pass happy, switchable defensively squad. Shea and him are a pretty decent duo in big. terms of it's big. Yeah, <laughs> in terms of big playmaking. Yeah, 
And then you you pick up Trey Mann, you pick up Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who is a very good pickup. Yeah. No, I liked their draft overall, and you know that I was big on Trey Mann. I wanted him to fall to the Knicks. Obviously, we missed him by it's one interesting pick. he didn't fall, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, I don't think the fit with Shea is really terrible because I do think that Shea, at his core, is a scorer. He's a guy that likes to, likes to get in the teeth yeah. of defense and create that way. Um, like, he can shoot the ball, of course, but that's he doesn't really like to live on the perimeter. He likes to, he likes to be downhill. And Slice. Giddy's a Giddy's a facilitator. You know he will get Shea his touches. I don't think it's a bad duo. Um, the shooting's got to come along for Giddy, and we'll see. Thunder gonna be interesting again over there. Uh, don't I like it a lot. I don't know what they're gonna do with the center. They still don't have one. They traded both of them for Kemba. yeah, yeah, and they lost Moses Brown, of course. Yeah, in the Kemba. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but it'll be interesting. Jeremiah's probably going to step in and be their, smart, their starting four. Mm-hmm. Unless, what's his name? Isaiah Roby is really that good. Maybe they run a weird small ball five. Maybe. Experiment. Another team I want to touch on, uh, get your thoughts. Orlando. So Orlando gets five. Orlando, fi- had good, they could have had a really good night. We were we thought they were going <clears> to, <throat> where they had the eight pick. Five and eight. We thought they were going to take Suggs and Booknight, call it a night. Mm. That seemed like the easy case. So many guards. But they really bought it. I mean... Are they really so many guards when those are your guards? I don't know, because the thing is this, all right, like, yeah, like, the, the guards haven't, like, proven anything. I mean, but look at the year Cole Anthony just had. Like, yeah, it wasn't great statistically, but we still saw some glimpses of some good stuff, like, as a scoring guard. I mean, is it out of the question that Book Knight has that similar, pro- like, a, pro- a that type of production this season as a rookie? I mean, it's really hard as a rookie in the NBA, especially on a team like Orlando, who went to the year they had no spacing, injuries, all the above. I don't know. I mean, if they like Cole Anthony. Uh, RJ Hampton we didn't see as much of. Marco Fultz obviously hurt the whole season. If you like those players, like, you don't want to just clutter it completely. I know that I know that they didn't come out and play, like, all-stars in their rookie season, but I, I don't think it was enough to say, like, they're busts and they should give up yeah, on no, them. No, 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 they're not busts, but <clears throat> I don't think anybody showed anything in terms of like, the Hornets aren't going to draft a point guard because they saw what LaMelo Ball was doing. At least in his rookie season, you see that kind of experience and talent. Yes. You didn't see that with Cole Anthony. Not to say he can't just develop into the exact same level, or if he will, but you didn't see, maybe you didn't see those flashes in practice or in the game, so you're like, we want, we're just going to, he's not going to hold back what we're doing in the draft. We're not going to make these picks based off of Cole Anthony. No, yeah, I know. and I, that's a slippery slope. It is, and I, I do believe that overall, like, I think when people say take best player available, it's a slippery slope in itself because, like, yeah, you do, but the, I, and I don't look at it from a standpoint of position. It's just a standpoint of fit. Like, if, if you're invested in these players, then, like, the fit has to be part of the equation. And, yeah, you didn't see, like, a LaMelo Ball-type season from Cole Anthony, but I just think of it through the lens of, say, we know exactly what Cole Anthony did his rookie season, and he's in the draft again. You know, like, how much do you like him? I don't know. Maybe Orlando, Orlando still likes him a decent bit, which I think is fine, because I, I did see some stuff from Cole Anthony. Like, say a guy like RJ Hampton. You already saw what you saw. How do you like him in this draft? You know? Yeah. So... It's tough. I think when you think about it that way, it can kind of change stuff. Because, like, once we get – once we're looking at a player like Book Knight and we're looking at whoever else, Jalen Suggs, like, we just have their D1 season to go off of, you know? Like, we didn't True. see them go through the warts of a rookie NBA season, which are hard. I mean, they're hard for guards that even end up being stars. Like, look at Kemba Walker's rookie season. It was horrible. So, 
I just think you kind of have to take that into consideration when you're considering fit and when you have a team like Orlando who's completely rebuilding from the ground up right now. Yeah, no, you're right, but <clears throat> you're right on the aspect, but if they're building from the ground up, you just kind of take what you can and you, yeah. you see how many things hit. Yeah. They're, they're, they should have been added to the Thunder and Rockets list where you just kind of amass talent and whoever survives, survives. That's fair, that's fair. Um, so, I want to one one squad, hold on, let me pull up their actual... The Clippers had a sneakily good draft. Clippers? They picked up Keon Johnson, Jason Preston, Brandon Boston's okay, but they got two decent backup guards. Keon Johnson's just going to run on the fast break. He's going to make it easier for up-tempo offense with PG. And Jason Preston's just a heady guard that'll, you know, take the ball out of PG's hands and make it a little easier on him. They traded, I think, two second-rounders to do these deals. Yeah. And that was it. And I do think the Kawhi injury alters things a little bit um yeah. we don't really know what's gonna happen with free agency it seems like things are indicating that he'll resign but you never know for sure yeah but i'm in the camp that i think the clippers are i mean they're not gonna punt the season in the sense that they're gonna like tank but i think they know they're not real contenders this year with Kawhi, in my opinion probably not playing so you get a guy like keon johnson who has all the talent in the world and you kind of take this year as like a redshirt season almost and right. just see like can we get him ready to contribute the following year because we know he has the tools and we can kind of take this year off in a sense to really work on it so i think it's a great value pick for him i mean when the knicks initially took him and you didn't like him we'll get to knicks eventually <laughs> but i did think from a talent play it was really good value because the dude from what i saw was the best athlete in the draft yeah i mean we'll get to we'll get to the knicks and i mean we could talk about Keon johnson now i was not very high on him he seems just kind of like an athlete, maybe very closely similar to Terrence Ferguson, where he's just, you know, bouncy. That's it. Yeah. He can run the floor. He'll be good. He'll stay in the league on his rookie contract because he can, you know, just get out on the fast break. But if you ask him to do any other set plays or put him in the half court, you're really hurting your offense. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. I think on the Knicks, I was upset about it because it doesn't make sense. And the Knicks are kind of in a really tight fit of how they can work it. Mm. But on the Clippers, it makes more sense because they have a lot more shooting that kind of allows them to still play or you know just try to get downhill. Yep. Want to talk Knicks for a second? We can pivot to Knicks. Yeah. I also want to go to Nets next. I do they too. Have, they sneakily thinking. made four picks. Nets got some nice pieces. The Knicks. So they start out the night they start, with nineteen. They started out with four picks. They start out with nineteen, twenty-one, thirty-two, and fifty-eight. If I remember correctly. Yes. And they end up drafting at twenty-five, 25 34, 36. 658. Yeah, so... Let me get the names. We know, the names. names. We know the names. The names are... Quentin. Quentin, Quentin Grimes. I almost Quentin Richardson. Miles McBride. Rokas Jackie Bitus. And Jericho Sims. And Jericho Sims. I have warmed up to it. Okay. I was watching the draft. I don't know if anybody else was watching it in the time or was a Knicks fan and watching it. But when the first pick came around and they drafted Kai Jones, immediately Woj came in and he's like, I'm hearing news that the Hornets are trading the pick with the Knicks. I don't know if it's for the 11th, but it might be with Booknight. And I was sitting there like, oh, f- all right, this is this is great. 19 and 21, maybe something else, and we'll get Booknight. This is perfect. That lasted about a minute until they're like, nope, it's just a future first. And then we're we waiting. still don't know. We're waiting to find out what the future first is. All right, so from my understanding, and you can build off of this, it seems like the Knicks kind of went to the night, wanted to move up, couldn't move up, and they were like, all right, we don't love, for whatever reason, we don't love the options here. 
1921. So we're going to move down. We're going to accumulate picks. We're going to try to get as much equity as we can because I guess their guy was Quentin Grimes. We are confident we can get him at 25. So let's just move down, accumulate some future pick, a few, accumulate a future second, whatever, and just get the guy we want anyway. So listen, what you think of Grimes is what you think, but that's why they did it. Yeah. So he's He makes sense. He's going to space the floor. He's going to come in and space the floor and defend decently, at least from the start. Kind of replaces your Bullock. Mm. Hopefully you don't replace him straight up. You want multiple Bullocks on your team if you can get them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he, he makes sense as a pick. 25 is not too much of a reach, especially after his combine where he kind of stole the show. Yeah. Everyone wanted him after that. And who knows? He has the untapped potential. I don't know if I buy into it, but... There are some kind of moves he like. He has some kind of cross through moves, but it's yeah, yeah it's it's. Eh. I think it's like when you look at it through the lens of Kispert goes fifteen, and everybody thinks he's got like you know mid lottery potential. You know like he was slotted as high as you know like ten, twelve at some points. He ends up going fifteen. I mean Grimes is a similar type player, which I th- with I think some more defensive versatility. Yeah. Kispert's probably the better pure shooter, like a little bit of a quick release, whatever. But Grimes can still fill it up. He's a really he was a really good shooter in college. Competes on the defensive end. Played at the University of Houston, which has a defensive culture. They they competed night and night out. That was kind of their thing. Mm. And so he goes. He's. I don't think it's going to be a tough transition. Not like he's coming from somewhere he doesn't know how to play defense. So listen, the Knicks get him and McBride, two guys who played high end defense in college. I think you could argue probably two of the best defensive coaches in Kelvin Sampson and Bob Huggins, two programs that tip their hat on defense year in and year out and two guys who would also make some shots so yeah. that no it's a good it's a good setup were you you were upset by the robinson earl thing though yeah i, I wanted him at first i like him i like him as a player so i thought it was really good value but it's too it made sense it was less of a pathos move because <laughs> everyone kind of liked robinson earl they knew he was a steal but if you're moving back just two spots and you get another pick two spots later yeah that's way better of a deal and you can just yeah. take yeah, McGrath's McGrath's got some talent. Um, you know, like West Virginia doesn't usually produce a ton of NBA players. Um, Javon Carter is probably the one that is like the most notable guy. Yeah. But he's got some he's got some NBA skills that usually don't get flashed at a school like West Virginia. I feel like that might have kind of played into this. He didn't get as much uh, shine. But I was watching some film and he can make shots and he he defends really really hard you know he still makes some mistakes defensively he could be a little undisciplined but i think between him and grimes like those are the type of guys that you know a tips team is is going to want to brown and they can actually get rotation minutes immediately yeah. it'll be fun for summer league we have a pretty decent summer league squad yeah we should have a lot of young boys playing. very bolstered out mm-hmm. obi's gonna get his shine hopefully and we're yeah. gonna have a lot of good backup guard depth i mean i think that grimes and like listen quickly not to make this like fully a Knicks pod, but quickly he's got a lot. Like we saw this year, like he's he needs work as a facilitator. He needs work as a defender. But I mean, if you give him the rock and like just give him high ball screens, he can initiate offense for himself, and he can he can get into the teeth of the defense, yeah. and he can shoot the ball. So he, he he's a creator off of the bench, and you surround him with a guy like McBride and Grimes who will help him out on the other end, and also be able to make some shots. 
I think it, I think it's a good little core, a little a good good little like role player gonna, core. Yeah, no, definitely. I was gonna say on the pick and roll thing, you throw Jericho Sims in there. Mm-hmm. That's that yeah. just opens up so much of the floor vertically. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much easier on quickly or anybody that's running it. Yeah. So yeah, we haven't talked about Rojo. Yeah. Rokas Jockey Vitus. Is he drafted stash? I don't. I think the thought is he's not, but it's very possible it could flip and he's just staying for a year. Okay. I think they said he could be bought out, but they might have been talking about another Euro guy. I can't remember. But Rocco seems to be coming over. He's interesting, at least. He can he can get to his spots. He loves little midi poles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems like a crafty lefty. So Might be able to bail us out of some late game, or late, uh, you know. Late clock situation. <laughs> late clock situation. Couldn't, yes. give it, couldn't give it out. That's fair. All right, we want to pivot to the Nets. Yeah, Nets, Nets, I thought, listen, made, made out pretty well. Cam yeah. Thomas was a really good value pick. I think they took him 27. Yeah, 27, and then they had the 29th pick, which they took Dayron Sharp. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get up the later picks, but... Yeah, we predicted Dayron Sharp to the Nets. He was, uh, yeah. He seemed to be the most sensible, because they needed another Claxton type, and he's the perfect. I think Sharp, he's got a little more beef than Claxton, too, if I'm correct. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so... A little bit of a different type of guy. Here we go. Cam Thomas, 27. Daron Sharp, 29. Kessler Edwards, a shooter from Pepperdine at 44. Marcus Zagorowski from Creighton at 49. And Raekwon Gray from Florida State at 59. Oh, an interesting summer league, too. It's a, diff, it's a very yeah. interesting little, little unit. Yeah, and then that's a team that, kind of similar to the Lakers, we don't really know what their team's going to be next year. So... These are players that Brooklyn's hoping can listen. Like I don't, I'd be surprised if any of these guys are starters, but they're hoping you know one their or two of them was, can give them rotational minutes. Yeah, their bench was pretty weak last year. Obviously, because outside of Joe Harris and the top three, you're kind of looking at I don't know, Jeff Green and big men. Yeah, and you want to at least get another big man and then have some guys that can handle the ball. They probably did something like that. They got a lot of old kind of veteran style, ready to play college guys mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see the only young guy i could think of is how old's raekwon gray obviously cam thomas is a freshman but yeah i think gray played a couple years there right is everybody that... else is like a maybe daron sharp i think sharp's freshman. a freshman too but yeah the, the second round guys <clears throat> are uh Zagorowski seasoned i believe yeah they're third or fourth year guys so yeah they're trying to go for more pristine they know their role maybe hopefully that's the the end result and yeah we'll see mm-hmm so, Phil, all in all, I want two winners, two losers from your view. Obviously, we don't know exactly. Like listen, you can't say for sure. It's not. We don't know how these players are going to play, but just based on your evaluation, who made out well, who didn't. Um, it's hard not to say the Pistons as a winner just off of what they got. Mm-hmm. Um, let me read it off. Cade Cunningham at first. Isaiah Livers, a decent shooter from Michigan. Luca Garza, I, I don't know about that, but at 52. And then Balsa Kovritseva at 57 from Florida State. So they have two decent guys that will probably play for them. I think Luca Garza might get experimented. Detroit yeah. doesn't have that many people, so mm-hmm. they needed to just take as many chances at it as possible. And, yeah, and maybe if they made some more trades and got into the mid-rounds, it would have been more interesting. But I would walk away happy with that. You took the best player available at the moment. Cato Cunningham, and you put pieces around him that make sense. Charlotte, the other winner for you? Charlotte is the other winner by far. They mm-hmm. they made a lot of good moves. Um, yeah, they got Book Knight. They got Kai Jones. They 
trying to find the list of who else they got, but they they came away. Yeah, JT Thor. They did get JT Thor. They came away very impressive. They just bolstered up what they had, and they got picks that all made sense for the squad they currently had before. Mm -hmm. Who are your two winners? Two winners. Um, I I I definitely like Charlotte as well. We were both high on Book Night, and they managed to get him at eleven, which we were all pretty surprised at. So. I think it's good for Lamelo Ball. They could Lamelo Ball could definitely use a scorer next to him, so I like that fit. Uh, I also, even though I said earlier the giddy the giddy fit was weird. I mean, I'm a huge Trey Man fan. I thought Oklahoma City had a really nice draft, and the more I think about it, I think that Giddy and Shea can work together. I mean, maybe there's a universe where they can play them two and Trey Man together, and Giddy can you know guard some threes. I don't know, like his defensive. We don't really know what his defensive potential is yeah. because he's so young. It's kind of hard to say. But to get Trey Mann at 18 and then Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who I think is a first-round talent, to get him at 32. Yep. So I think it's a good draft for Oklahoma City. They get what they want. Yeah, you can't complain about that. And a starting lineup at some point during the year, just for fun's sake, probably of <clears throat> Shea, Giddy, Trey Mann, or maybe Trey Mann and Giddy, Poku, and, or Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Poku. Oof. I'd have to tune in. I'd have to tune in for one week this <laughs> game. Yeah, that's right. a lot. <clears throat> losers. 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 Losers, losers. Uh, can I put a loser on the board? That's what I'm asking. Uh, yeah, so this is just, and this is just kind of just based on one pick that I didn't love. Uh, David Mitchell at 9 to Sacramento is weird. Very. Very weird. Uh, listen, I don't hate David Mitchell as a player. I don't love him as a prospect based on what other people thought. But I don't think that's his fault. I still think he does a lot of good stuff on the court. I think he's a really tenacious defender. I think his shot creation skills are pretty good. The jump shot I'm a little kind of just unsure about. But his fit with De'Aaron Fox is weird to me, especially when you just draft Halliburton, who I think is an awesome fit next to uh, De'Aaron Fox. And listen, if, if Sacramento had this pick in the late 20s and you get Dale Mitchell, like, fine. You know, I think Dale Mitchell could be like a really nice backup pretty early on. But you take a player at nine and you're a team like Sacramento who hasn't been good in a million years and you're trying to get better with De'Aaron Fox and you're trying to inch closer to the playoffs and show that you're making steps and I don't think Davion Mitchell makes sense on this team yeah no he it's a really weird fit they kind of went guards first and then they're like all right next draft we'll we'll get wings next draft we'll get bigs yeah so that seems like the the lineage for how they're going to keep it going because right now their wings are decent it's Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald as of the moment yeah. And their bigs are scary because Ryshawn Holmes might not be there, and after that, it's just Bagley. Yeah. So it's it could get really murky. Davion Mitchell definitely could have gone later. You could have traded back, gotten some kind of guy that fits one of those other roles that are needed, mm-hmm. and then gotten Davion Mitchell as well. But it is what it is now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's one for me that I was a little confused about. Um... Anyone else? I'll, zag, I'll pop in here. I'll say the Mavericks. They didn't get a pick. <laughs> okay. They couldn't pop in for anything. They couldn't pop in for anything. I would have. I was kind of expecting the Mavs to somehow, some way, pop into the draft yeah. and pick up someone like Jeremiah Robinson, guy that just makes sense. He's going to fit in a lot of spaces, but no, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mavs are weird. We don't really know what to make their team for next year. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's uh. Any others? Losers? I'm trying to think. So, uh, two other teams I actually thought did pretty well. I like Golden State with the value pick of Kaminga at 7. And I like uh, at 14 them getting... 
Uh, Moody. Moody, yeah. yeah, I think those are two nice fits. And I also like Duarte going to the Pacers at 13. Duarte makes sense. It's a good pick. I actually was going to zag on the Warriors because I think it's a good pick in terms of asset tradability. Yes. But if for some reason, somehow, some way, they get stuck yes. with it and they're like, they gambled on this being a very tradable asset, mm. both of them, or maybe just Kaminga, and it doesn't pan out, they're kind of screwed. What are you going to do with a young Kaminga that? is really raw. He doesn't know how to play, and Moody is a raw 3-and-D prospect. Those are never really the things you really want on a contending team or a winnable team at all. So hopefully, presumably it's for trade, but on the off chance they get unlucky and things kind of pan out a different way, that's that's a bad situation. Valid. Uh, I don't want to go as far as to say loser, because, like, listen, I'm not super educated on all the players at the highest level, didn't love Barnes to the Raptors, though, overall. Didn't love it. I think it's a sign of what's to come. Mm. Pascal might be traded somewhere else for something because him and Barnes overlap almost. They almost mm. shadow each other instead of overlapping. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's to come next. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I just thought there was more talented players. I mean, even if you were going to do a, re, a rebuild like that, I'd probably rather book Knight. I'd probably rather Jonathan Kaminga. I'd probably rather Jalen Suggs. I think, uh, yeah, I'd just rather book Knight or Suggs over that. Yeah. Not so. a Kaminga man. I know, I know. The but, uh, is, I know. Yeah. So, and last player, and I don't know if you want to call this a loser or not, but Zaire Williams at 10 to, to Memphis was interesting. Very. They must have been really committed to him and they thought people were going to take him yeah he was projected to the Knicks for the longest time because he was going to drop I don't know what to make of him he had a really tough injured season and then he came to Stanford and he apparently a whole bunch of stuff was mentality because they were up in hotels for the entirety of the year that was the whole alibi for why he played so poorly okay I don't know he had he shows a lot of flashes but we've seen guys that show flashes before yeah we have any last draft thoughts Phil um, I think I think I'm good. I think I've I think we've made our case. I think we made our case as well. I think we made our case as well, and we'll be able to monitor these guys in the summer league. We also got free agency starting Monday. So that's that's a we're whole thing. We're gonna have a crazy, we're all crazy. Olympics are still going on. We can talk some way. So uh, a lot going on. This is just uh, such a jam packed off season, and no better way to have it. No better way to have it. So that'll do that. Thank you for listening. As always, check us out on Twitter at HoopScoopPod. Watch us on YouTube, HoopScoop. Got a new video on the Milwaukee Bucks. And listen to our podcast on all platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor app. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.